The World Show with Nikki B. I can't believe this is the first time I'm interviewing you because I met you <laughs> 20 years ago at the Cora Awards. The last time I saw you was with Bintu at Nova. I've got a picture of us. So welcome. <laughs> and thanks for a great The time is album. the right time. Yes. That's ex- the time. That's the right time for a- us to do this. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about Mother Nature. You've described this as a love letter to Mother Earth. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, this love letter and whether you specifically chose to explore this theme of the female? Well, you know, we are half of the population of this planet. And without, uh, without us, there's no humanity. Yes. There's nothing. That's just a fact. And for me, Mother Nature has been generous throughout time, way before you and I are here. And as long as we don't see that as a blessing, cherish and protect Mother Nature, we'll never be able to respect women's body. We'll never be able to not violate women's rights. And the the lockdown has brought me to realize that once again, this pandemic is going to take a huge toll on the poorest and on the women again. Mother Nature has given birth to boys and girls. Why can't we just pay more attention to what matters? Because it doesn't matter where we, what we do, where we come from, which language we speak, which skin color we have. If Mother Nature decided to get rid of us, all of the money of this planet won't be enough. You'll be gone before you even see $1 out of your bank account. And also what I noticed is this theme of legacy. I mean, Celia was just a huge project of legacy, but this one is in a different way. Can you talk to me about the importance of legacy as in also I see the legacy that you carry and that you imparting to the younger musicians? We all know that uh, in the African continent, the oral tradition transmission is the strongest that have surpassed everything that that survived slavery, colonization, and you name it. I've been given a lot of answers. I've been given music from my ancestors when I was growing up. I've been given chances to be opening act for so many artists. To be where I am today, it just doesn't happen in a glimpse of an eye. It's just like, this is where I come from. Every time I ask questions, even though the elderly people were like, come on, can you stop asking questions? And my father telling them, just answer the question. She get off your back. You don't ask questions you don't know. And I want to know. I'm still curious. I'm still learning. But not, I don't know everything. And that's okay. But for me to be sitting here and seeing what is going on on the continent, the young artists from the north to south, east to west, doesn't matter. Their entrepreneurship, the way they are dealing with their music, the way they are becoming famous, rich, by their own right, without being forced to go through the wishes of any record company anymore, is really flabbergasting. Yes. I'm telling you, it's absolutely amazing. And working on this album, I wanted not only the artists, but I wanted the young producers too. Yes. I wanted the young producers also to be involved in the video too, the shooting the video, doing videos. The creativity that is coming out of Africa, I can't be talking about it and looking at it without doing anything. Yes. I'm not that type of person. I, I'm, I'm the one that say talk is cheap, action is expensive. So I have this album and I say to myself, the climate change, the issue we're facing today with climate, us have been, we have come so far, but the kids that have been born today, the young generation coming, 
they are the ones that are going to pay the huge price. And of course, women as always. Absolutely. And now this album, I mean, how did it actually come about? Did you choose the artists? Were these artists that had been connecting with you? How did the selection of artists come about? And how did you manifest this during a pandemic? I've written so many songs in 2019. Once the tour stopped a little bit, because it was already in me and has to come out. So I wrote all those songs. And the song Dignity, for example, I already uh, the song was already there. I have, been re- I have written it. And then the NSARS movement started in Nigeria. And I worried. And I was worried. So I, I tested Yemi and said, where are you? Are you safe? Are you home? And then she called. She said, Ma, they are killing us. They are shooting at us. I'm, I'm afraid. I said, get out of there. Go home. Don't be in the street. Don't be a casualty. Take your people. Go back home. Use music to speak up. Talk about your fear in your hope, what you want to see your country become, what you want to talk about. And I told her I'm doing an album about Mother Nature, that every topic is part of it, because if we don't treat Mother Nature with dignity, we can't treat nobody and nothing with dignity. And there's a reason why we are having more and more police brutality. We need to go down to, we have to go to the bottom of it to understand how the connection between the police that is supposed to protect us has become so toxic. And I think that dignity is at the center of it. Dignity without respect doesn't exist. Love without not respect doesn't exist. We have to come back to the fundamental of respecting people and respecting their opinion. They can disagree with you and they're not your enemy. And you, you can't just always shoot the person you disagree with. And the song Africa One of a Kind is a DM message that I received from Mr. Easy. And he said, Ma, I have a song for you. I said, send it my way. Okay, he sent the song. Bonner Boy said, I, ma, I have to write a song for you and I'm working on it. I said, when you're ready, send my way. And um, Sampa the Great, I saw her tiny desk, and I'm like, oh, hell no. This girl, <laughs> I want her. She's a fire. She's great. Let her have her. And Sean Guzzo is full discussion with uh, uh, the, some ANR in America. And I said, but this, this young song, singer-songwriter from Zimbabwe, I said, what? Zimbabwe? Come on, who, who is she? Just put me in contact. So we have a, a very extensive, loving conversation reminding ourselves of the time when we were growing up with our grandmother taking us to the farm, teaching us to share what has been harvested, the life of caring for one another. Not, we don't care, if you come to that place, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, you're a human being. And that's what gives the birth to meant, to, meant for me and if, you, if we choose love. Everything has been very organic and what is really interesting and that I wanted to do without being able to express it or without talking about it, not to cripple people's ability to work, is that I wanted this album to be an album with the minimal carbon footprint. In line with the theme of the album, obviously, which is also addressing that. So did you do a lot of this album remotely? I mean, was it done through sending the songs back and forth? Oh yeah, <laughs> most of it was made remotely. The only time I have to go to studio was in the song Flying High with this young producer, Cameronese, born in France, Danny Sente. And we kept our distances. I was in my booth, but it was fun still. We were all wearing masks and I would remove my mask to sing my voice. And then the rest, once we, 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 we put the songs together, he would send me the stem, I would sing it and send it. And then we met, we met twice and that's it. The rest was remotely. 
Amazing. I want to go back to a couple of songs. I love what you said about dignity, but Africa, one of a kind. I mean, for me, that reminds me of, you know, the... Uh, Africa, Salif's Africa, Africa is an African anthem, as far as I'm concerned. So for me, in a sense, it's also not only tributing uh, the message, not only spreading the message, but also tributing a song and an artist. Uh, do you see it in that way as well? For me, that song is very uh, much, uh, as you say, an anthem, because it's transmission at play. Three generation of people talking about how beautiful our continent is. Absolutely. And how we are willing to do everything to make it better, a better place for all, not only for us, because we are inclusive people. We don't we don't we don't discriminate. Yes. And then just us it is a song that I, that was really, really happy and important to do. And I remember when I said Sally's gonna sing with us, people go, yeah. somebody said to me, But Sally retired, you think he's gonna sing? I say, well, Salif can't say no to me. <laughs> and there we go. <laughs> the one other thing I remember, actually, I wrote, I think I wrote a CD review. I think it was on I.O. It was quite a long time ago. But it spoke about the trilogy. And in, in doing that, it spoke about you realizing at a very young age that um, apartheid existed and how it affected you and how this has impacted on you using your music as a means of spreading a message. Can you tell me a little bit about that time and how at a young age this really impacted you? I mean, the thing that ha that is really uh, particular with me is that I grew up in a household where my parents were my teacher after school, always telling me that my color is not what defines me. And when I, I discover the existence of slavery, it was through music. It was seeing Jimi Hendrix on the cover of an album. I'm like, come again, this guy is African. What language is he singing in? And I seen my brother wearing a wig, Afro wig, to play the guitar. I was like, you don't need a wig to play guitar. <laughs> and then he said to me, well, I want to look like him. I said, by the way, is he African? He said, no, he's African-American. I was nine years old. And I look around and I said, you think I'm stupid because I'm nine? You can't be African and American at the same time. And then he said, he's a slave descendant. I said, what is a slave? What is a descendant? So he sent me to my grandmother. And when my grandmother started telling me the story of slavery, I was telling myself, selling human being, buying human being? I mean, she's losing her mind. And then I put it aside. But it struck me and was really disturbing to me that such an event can happen. And yet here are my parents telling me, you have to treat everybody equally. And then apartheid hit home. And I learned, and it was painful because I trusted everything my parents told me. I turn around to them and say, you've been lying to me that my skin color doesn't matter. Indeed, it matters. It becomes a liability when I leave this house. How come this is still happening? So from that point on, I decided, or I become a human rights lawyer or surgeon to just prove that we are not that different, or I become a singer and I will build bridges between culture for us to stop the nonsense. And you have continued building those bridges, Angelique. Every single album of yours has dealt with very, very, as you say, sometimes extremely painful topics, but presented in a way that is so accessible and, and warm that it makes people listen. That mixture of what I call, uh, uh, um, you know, the theme or the content with the musical expression, 
Is that a conscious thing you do sometimes? It's almost like you incite people to to enjoy themselves. <laughs> I don't know how else to say. Well, well, it's true. That's one thing I learned from my, the traditional musician in my village. Uh, they said to me, because sometimes I just stop dancing. I'm like, why am I dancing on these gruesome words? And my uncle said, they are gruesome because you're taking them literally. It's a reality that you have to address. It's a reality that you have to suck in, make yours, to make anything change. If we make you feel guilty, how are you going to make any change? That making people feel guilty is the contrary effect that you have. Nothing move forward. So, of course, we have music to speak about all those topics. And I deeply believe in the fact that we ourselves create all the problem in which we're living, the choices we make, because none of us come to this earth being born from your mom. No one come born with shackles, with money full in your hands. It's the decision and the choices we made that show the abomination of stuff that we are able to do. And I don't blame, I don't blame the event. I blame some people that make those decisions and people that are stupid enough to follow that decision. Beautiful. Thank you. One more thing, because I know we're running out of time. Angelique, uh, well, firstly, I want to say I'm pleased you chose music instead of law or medicine. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because the reach is so much further. But um, what has kept you going? What keeps you going? What keeps inspiring you after all these years? I love to sing. It's um, my breath, it's my uh, spine, it's everything. And uh, I've seen sometimes the horror that we can impose and the pain we can impose. And in that same moment, when you are in front of a child soldier or women raped in conflict, and they tell you, whatever you do, we are not victim. We want our life back. We want to move forward. And for me, it's a humbling message and it's a humbling experience. We have so much resilience, all of us. We just have to think before we hurt anyone, before we do that. So that's what keeps me going on, because for me, there's goodness in every human being. That's it. Beautiful. To finish off, choose love. You touched on it earlier. I opened my show with it last Sunday, thanks to Darren and Rashika. I think that sums it up. Choose love. Yeah. <laughs> choose love. And my last word, phrase that I sung is, life is beautiful. I did it in purpose because those two things are the are the arc of our humanity. Beautiful way to begin and end this incredible album. Thank you always for the joy, the inspiration, <laughs> the blessings you bring us, Angelique. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. The World Show with Nikki B on Kaya 959.